Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. We just witnessed an historic Super Bowl, and we are here on AfterBuzz TV to talk about it. Come on with us. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <gasps> ah! Super Bowl 51. <laughs> Legendary, iconic, and historic. <laughs> Super Bowl, I said that. That's what I said. Thank you all for joining us here at After Buzz TV's coverage of the Super Bowl 51. I'm your host, Steve Kaufman. You can find me on Twitter, at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-M, but I'm not alone. I am Jill Monroe. You can find me everywhere, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, at Stiletto Jill. And we have so much to talk about. Whew. It's crazy. I um, should preface this with Eagles fan, clearly, by nature, not a, pa- not a huge Patriots fan. I know that's almost sacrilege in these halls. The halls that Maria built. I'm not a Patriots fan. So it, however, what they've done on the field in the final three quarters of a five quarter game was amazing. Really, for me, the last, the fourth quarter. I mean, they started their comeback right after halftime, mm-hmm. and I know we're going to go back to that. But just the fact that they were down twenty eight three heading into halftime. I mean, no one expected. They were dead. All of Atlanta was ready to play bad and bougie. Yeah. That's a Migos song. Bad. Okay, okay. Steve, you with me? See? I, Donald Glover mentioned bad and bougie. I and got you. See, I mean, it would have been like a trifecta year for Atlanta. Migos, bad and bougie. Atlanta winning at the, was it People's Choice Awards? And then this, uh-huh. but didn't quite happen Golden that way. Globes. That's what and, it was. And I think they won the People's Choice Awards, too. So both. But, like, I, they look like they won. They look like they were winning. They, they, and I have a tweet I now have to defend publicly, which yeah. was at halftime. I said, if the New England Patriots come back and win this, the NFL is rigged. And you got to talk about it. You got to explain your thinking from that. I'm. Are you running? Are you walking it back? I can't, are you backpedaling? I can't walk it back. I said it. I just can't come up with, like, I feel like I'm tinfoil hattie at this point. I can't come up with any logistics to prove. Tom Brady's the GOAT. Tom Brady's salt base sprinkling all the goodness over him. <laughs> Tom Brady is the second half goat. Second I can give him goat. that. I can give him that that he just he he breaks late. He I mean, breaks late, but he never fall. He never falls. He never falters. He. But let's jump into the first quarter. First quarter, Atlanta got off hot. Hot start. Came off. <laughs> um, what was it? Break. I'm sorry, my notes no, you, are a little. Listen, <laughs> let me just walk it back for a second. Atlanta got out there both on offense and defense playing fast. They were turning, they were um, moving like nine yards per play. Yep. I don't know how many plays they, they had were on, in the first no, but quarter, they were but they were, on, they, they were on fire. They were on fire. However, there were a few turnovers, and I think there may have been zero turnovers in the first quarter, and there was a 0-0 game. Coming out of it, yep. So already it's a slow start. It's a slow start, but Atlanta just looked better. They were moving the Sharp. ball easier. New England looked to be struggling. New England looked to be having some problems. Tom got sacked rather quickly. Very quickly. 
which is unusual for him. Mm-hmm. But there were very few three and outs. There were very few like indicators of a true blowout. Because this, the more you think about it, the more you think of that first quarter. Yeah. That it, it looked like a fairly evenly matched defenses grinding, like grinding their teeth, butting. That it was going to be ground and pound. Like ground and pound is like, oh man, this is going to be a six to nine Super Bowl. And then the Falcons' run game took over in the second quarter. Yeah. And that's really what kind of kicked them off well from the turnover. Um, LeGarrette Blunt, he looked so sad when it (laughs) happened. He was on the bench like you wanted to put the Jordan Cry face on him right then and there. I'm sure someone has. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't expect them to come, you know, because they turned it around. They scored so quickly. And then their defense came out and really put the Patriots back um, on their heels Quickly, too. Like, got them out, um, didn't allow them really to score in position. Going into halftime, having to kick a field goal, that's not the Patriots' way. No. And I I was shocked they went for the field. Like, they got shut down. They got shut down so much that they had to go for the field goal there. But, like, I was shocked that that was something they even thought they wanted to do. That, 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 that didn't... They wanted to get on the board. They didn't want to go in the locker room with, you know, zero. 14-0. How would that have felt? It was worse than that, wasn't it? Was it worse than that? At the was half, at at half I think it was oh, 27. Right. 20, was 27 it or 20, or 21. It was, it was either 21, 21 or 27. And then they scored the three. It was 21 and they scored the third point. It was 21 to three at the half, which I didn't check the sports books, but I would argue, I would argue if the Patriots were a, about a one and a half to one favorite, meaning you would have to bet 150 to win 100, I be, that would, and then such, I think you would have gotten close to five to one odds. Can at the halftime s- line, <laughs> which my friend in Vegas talked me out of it, and he wound up talking me out of See, $500. you could have been in the money. You got to go with your gut. I'd be happier right now. Can we talk about Julio Jones for a minute? Can How we, is please? somebody that big so graceful? <laughs> I mean, the way that he caught the ball, toes in the line, falling out delicately, it's amazing. <sighs> he pulled some stuff out of his hat. Um, so he scored in the first half. No, did he score? It was Austin Hooper that scored. Mm-hmm. And who else scored for the Falcons in the first half? Um, let's see. Uh, we will Austin have that Hooper. momentarily. Momentarily, I'm asking questions I don't. I, I should already have the answer to. I will mention that this is the second time in After Buzz history, history, After Buzz TV history, and I'm not complaining. This is awesome that I've shown up for a party to watch a thing and wind up covering there. Watch it, wind up covering the thing. So, just so you know, Steve is the real MVP. My original co-host. Um, we're not sure what happened, but Steve stepped in like a champ, so, you know, bear with us. Can we talk about the commercials for a second while we're looking at the stats? Very political. Coke started it off. Mm -hmm. Um, who else? Hula threw some stuff out there for their first original series, The Handmaiden's Tale, that obviously had some political overtones. Um, um, that looked pretty good. The, the Febreze commercial, nasty. I don't really want to talk about going to the bathroom and the issues that you're having with smell. But, I mean, it was well, cute, creative. Well, they're they're just trying to overcapitalize on the market that is the Squatty Potty people. Because <laughs> well, the Squatty Potty people have made a spray. I think it's called Poo Poo Be Gone or something like that. So Febreze is literally just trying to inch them, the out of the, inch them out of the market before they can ever get in. Because they're already Febreze. They're already everywhere. We, we we could talk businessy Shark Tank stuff all day about See? commercials. <laughs> um, also, Mr. Clean became became Magic Mike. Mr. Clean was definitely Magic Mike. You know the thing is crazy. They have been pushing this thing about the new Mr. Clean was going to be black, and then they had this commercial where no, he's not actually black. He's Magic Mike, like you said, with he's his X rated dance. X rated dance, but then he turned. But then he's in reality a, a, just a regular schlubby dude who would so, watch football. Shout out to all the husbands in there helping your wives, girlfriends, whatever out 
out with the housework. See what it can get you. You, too, can be, transform yourself into Mr. Clean. I guess that's someone's fantasy, right? I'm, Maybe. I'm sure that's... Pl- what I think that's any married woman's fantasy ever, that her husband would clean. I, that he would clean or that he would clean and look like Mr. Clean while he's doing it. I think I think the, I think the implication and we're going to we're getting we're in the weeds the here. Okay. We're getting in the weeds here, but I think the implication is that he looks like a husband would look like Mr. Clean if he just cleaned. Let's jump into the box score okay. so we know where we are. Um So we that also doesn't actually mention me the that um the Patriots hadn't been behind since week 12 in a game. So they overcame a lot of odds with this game. Really, everything was kind of looking stacked against them. I, literally, I compared this wrestling-wise, because I cover wrestling here at After Buzz TV, and I compared this wrestling-wise to the Patriots being John Cena. John Cena doesn't lose much. And when he does, they make a huge deal about it. And when he might, they make a huge deal about it. As they should. So... In a world where football is fake, which I can't prove. <laughs> I can't prove Steve that... Steve is not a believer in the comeback of the Patriots. I am. It happened. I saw it. Happened, it happened, but you, de- just not, you can't, can't fully de- get behind it. I can't deny it. You just can't fully get and behind it. And I was never it. completely happy about it, just like I was never happy when John Cena would win 15 months in a row, where it would get, it would get interesting. However, the odds do did seem stacked against the New England Patriots this year in particular when we talk about Tom Brady. Yeah. Being suspended four games, and for them to go four and zero without him, it says a lot about Bill Belichick too. I mean, and the Patriots system because we know the Patriots, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, these um, seven football, um, seven Super Bowl mm. contests that they've entered in, two hundred different players they have taken to the Super Bowl with them. So it's definitely a system thing if you talk about the winning ways and who mm. gets to transform it. Because we know the Patriots are good for bigging up somebody's value and then dumping them in March. We got Sue McCall. Hey! Welcome. This is the effects of um, overtime. Right. Oh. I cannot leave my house no worries. Overtime. Because it was a crazy game. Super crazy game. Whew. Wait, he's just getting you in You're there. You're jumping in. <laughs> and I showed up in shorts because I'm like, we're going to be here for a while. So. Huh? <laughs> so we're know. talking about it. We, guys, we're talking about What did you think of the Mr. Clean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little hot in my drawers right now after Mr. Clean. <laughs> Mr. Clean, if you're out there, call me. Oh. He will. A little love connection happening. Did you Football see his things together? <laughs> Man, he was Ooh. working it out. When did Mr. Clean get dunk? That's what I'm trying to figure out. That no idea. Got it. So <laughs> the first quarter, the first uh, score, the first score of this game happened in the second quarter. It was Devonta Freeman with a five yard run, followed by a Matt Bryant kick. Then that was at 12.15 of the second quarter. At 8.48 of the second quarter, Austin Hooper, 19-yard pass from Matt Ryan with a Matt, Ryan, with a Matt Bryant kick. So that's 14. Also second quarter, third touchdown, Robert Alford, 82-yard interception return. Which was crazy. That play, he was gone. It was just like, he's gone. Period. He stripped that ball so fast, which the Falcons have kind of been known for mm-hmm. this season. I mean, 51 yards was nice. <laughs> Nice little thing. We should shout out Dan Quinn, the Falcons' second-year head coach. He had that squad. Young coach, young team. Yeah. Really going for it. And just 
Niners fans, you excited? Their offensive coordinator's coming to you. <laughs> and then we have Goskowski for a 41-yard field goal to end the first half. Oof. It looks bad. It looks really bad. It looked bad. It Didn't you think really that bad. it was over? I, I was just like, well, at least Lady Gaga's performing. We get something out of it, you well, know? Like I was a here. Great performance. Because overall, that first half, it was kind of boring. Because when they're laying it on and laying it on and laying it on, it's not exciting anymore. Yeah. And that's kind of where my tweet came from, because I made a tweet earlier I now have to defend, which is if at halftime I said, if the New England Patriots come back and win the Super Bowl, the NFL is rigged. And I think from that sta- <laughs> from that statement, I don't know. I doubt. I to be very honest, there's no possible way. Like the only way for three people to keep a secret is if two of them are dead. So, so I don't. So I really don't see an actual conspiracy being logical. But However, Roger Goodell hates the Patriots so much. No, he, he doesn't. After friends, you he, don't think he does. Vince he, McMahon doesn't hate John Cena. It's good for business. It's good for. The Patriots being kicked while perceived down would be good for business to help a narrative of they're all coming. Like, the odds are stacked. The deck is stacked. And I think that's also when you win the Super Bowl, you get to pick last in the NFL draft. But that's part of the idea that no one falls too far behind. I don't think Roger Goodell has any ill will towards the Patriots or Tom Brady. I think he had... I think the public sentiment was so bad that he had to do more against Tom Brady. Well, Robert Kraft doesn't seem too fond of him. He sort of zinged him when he got the trophy. Of course. You know, it's a nice little, here you go, more salt bay. You couldn't even hear what he was saying because everybody was, like, booing over his, his commentary. You couldn't oh. even hear. Oh, the public sentiment is worse for, yeah. for Roger Goodell. Can we really fast talk about Atlanta's defense? I thought that they were going to take down their third big-name quarterback. I mean, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and then it was looking like Tom Brady, too. They had this. It was happening. They were roughing <laughs> up um, the Pats' wide receivers. Amendola got a little roughed up there. Julian Edelman couldn't connect for anything. Him and Tom Brady, you know. Let me just say this. <laughs> As a Seattle Seahawks diehard fan, Number one, I'm happy for Dan Quinn because he got us our our first Seahawk championship um, being the defensive coordinator. So we know what he's capable of. But I am very disappointed in the Atlanta Falcons tonight because in the NFL playoffs a couple games ago, they played the Seahawks. Future, the rappers on the sideline, you guys decide to come out and go hard the whole game just to prove a point to Russell Wilson that we got Future's back. One rapper, you decide to defend this guy. <laughs> and on the biggest stage, the biggest championship, the world championship, you let an entire city down and look like a bunch of sissies. They only won because of future? That was a big storyline. <laughs> Huge storyline. But it was, a, it was a playoff game. It, but that actually overshadowed the fact that it was a playoff game. That future was on the sideline and his ex-girlfriend's now husband is the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, and they have always had this animosity. The players for the Falcons hate the Seahawks because of a rapper. But you sat up here in the Super Bowl and let your entire city down. I, Whoop. That, I didn't know this story, really. This, this was like the headlines two weeks ago. The, okay. Two. Maybe three. There were headlines about that. Can I? My I just watched is, the game. I didn't. <laughs> my problem with the Falcons, the all season, I even as the Falcons were ascending, I kept saying, "No, nope, I don't believe in them. No, I don't believe in them." I finally today decided to concede and pick the Falcons. 
And someone expressed my sentiments perfectly on Twitter. You know, I have my own trash team to root for. <laughs> Why am I rooting for you as a trash team when you do trash things all the time? And this is my problem always with the Falcons. They always get you really excited, get you to the moment, and then fall short when they're right there. They're, they're letting always you down, so team. close. I know nothing about that. Yeah. Just an observation. You know? They're a let you down team, and God don't like ugly, uh, and the Seahawks still own your ass. Oh, wow. Okay. We, so. we made it to the trash talk portion. <laughs> we made it to the trash talk portion of the Super Bowl after ball show. Eh, after ball show. Uh, so, that's that's you know, what it is now. Pat's um, offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, has been like a hot commodity on the block. He decided he wanted to stay with the Patriots and ride this one out. So, do we give him any kind of credit this game? Like, do we think he adjust- helped them make adjustments in the second half, or is this just all Tom I Brady his, and his magic? I know his agent will be doing that uh- <laughs> starting, to- starting tomorrow. Oh, yeah. The contract renegotiations are going to be crazy for a lot of players on the Patriots team. But at the end of the day, I think Tom Brady was just on a mission. I think he was on a mission. It doesn't matter what you're calling. The fact that we saw Tom Brady run for 15 yards, I was like, oh, Lord, he's really trying to get yeah, it. He, he's trying to get it. Someone called it. Someone called out his. Someone called out the legitimacy that on pure zeros and ones was an impossible story. I mean, he wasn't—he wasn't a starting quarterback from go. He wasn't a college prodigy. He's a fifth-round draft pick. He's a fifth-round draft pick who who rode the bench and then had to lose a game because Drew Bledsoe got hit and hurt. And then the tuck is part of it, and the deflate gate's part of it. But what people forget are the leg- legitimate just. Goat seasons. He also had a lot of family issues going on this mm-hmm. year. His mother was sick. You know, he, you saw him get teared up and emotional speaking about his father um, at the pregame conference mm-hmm. on Monday. So just, you know, for him to sort of persevere, come through all that personal drama, come back after missing four games, still had a chip on his shoulder about deflate gates, still had a chip on his shoulder about Roger Goodell battling him to the end and having to serve that. You, you know, I sort of tweeted this question out. I want to kind of throw it out there here at this point. So is... Tom Brady the GOAT at this point, or is it still Joe Montana, or is there somebody else in the discussion? We're talking pure stats. It has to be Tom Brady. Yeah, off of stats, but Joe Montana really just changed the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and see, that's the thing about LeBron versus Joe. I mean, and he it just never depends on at what point. Super- did he go? He didn't go. He didn't go as many times. As, no, he did not. He didn't go as many times, three. and yeah. and football was different. Like football when you different. when you really start comparing like this, it's hard to it's hard to say anything aside from a record's a record, a record's a record, a season's a season kind of a thing. Because when Joe Montana played the Super Bowl, this like an eleven to eight Super Bowl wasn't unheard of. Right, a three to nine Super Bowl wasn't unheard of because the defense could do more. And now we have our first overtime, and they were hooping that score. I mean, you knew there was going to be a high-scoring game. Um, before we jump into the second half, do we want to talk about Lady Gaga? Oh, let's talk about Lady Gaga. I want to jump off the table and talk about Lady Gaga. Can we? How she jumped uh, off the roof. Are there drums behind you? Let me tell you something. Lady Gaga, I forgot that Lady Gaga had jams. <laughs> she gave you theater, honey. Performance. She served for the kids, darling. Lady Gaga made me so proud because I, I and I felt it in my spirit. I said she's going to do something that is political but not in your face. And when she performed "Born This Way," it just 
She gave it her all during Born This Way. The thing is, a lot of her music is already loaded with political messages, so it just so happened that this was the year that those type of issues are at front and center. It was mm-hmm. kind of perfect, because she really, I mean, her starting it off with um, the national anthem yeah. on top of the roof, I mean, how do you, this is the thing. Everyone wanted to see Beyonce, Beyonce again. Beyonce can't perform at the Super Bowl every year, people. Please stop with that. Why not, though? I, <laughs> gee, I'm sorry. I like some variety. I love Beyonce. I love, I love variety of but Super Bowl halftime performers. You know, I like the production value that Gaga gave. She gave you her theatrics. She gave you acrobatics. I know Pink is probably like, hi, run me my check. <laughs> but that's neither in or there. You know, Cirque du Soleil, too. But I, I appreciated her performance. I appreciate it from the fact that she is an artist in every sense of the word. As and someone who she showed out. As someone who doesn't care for her music, I couldn't help but be enthralled by her performance. Yeah. By her spectacle. By like I don't care for her music. I don't care for most popular music. But to see her at the top of the stadium and then jump and then <laughs> Shawn Michaels down as I like to say, but like right. just rappel down to a stage and then perform on the stage and then and let's not forget about the drones in the oh, back the, of the her drones. when she's on the roof they opened the roof just for her they opened so the roof so those were drones those, those were all were drones. drones with lights I on them they're powered there, like, by intel I'm not understanding what's going on here but how did they talk to NASA to get the stars to move well right. at the, time, at the right. time I thought they were projecting LED onto the sky cause you could conceivably do that or you can put a mat like an, a mat you wouldn't necessarily see in the sky and you can project onto that mat but the fact they're drones makes way more sense I was unsure what was going on so you know I had to do a little bit of research and they were drones oh Intel, had a, Intel and, had a commercial right after to let you yeah, know that was them like it's us hi because they, thank you they probably spent 20 million moment. 50 million dollars to put drones behind Lady Gaga right and but it's that's worth smart. every it's worth every cent that's smart pure theater but what I also found interesting was on the stage, the actual performance on the stage was so good that for a brief moment I forgot that she started the performance at the top, top of the, of the stadium, right? Right? Like she just tra- she shimmied from the 300 level to the field. And had costume changes, and that mask that looked like it was just makeup came off. Like mm-hmm. I appreciate the, the sheer dramatics of it all. Correct me if I'm wrong. Because you probably caught this, but did her hair magically get longer throughout the performance? I mean, it might have. She might have thrown a couple of pieces in there. Work. I don't. <laughs> you missed that. I missed because that. That's it, not it was something. more like pulled back, and you didn't see as much of her hair when she was flying through the air. And then by the end of the performance, she had a solid six or seven extra inches of hair. She, and listen, how do you like install a, a weave during a Super Bowl performance? Very carefully. I mean, there's a, <laughs> there there is an argument, and I don't. I don't know. I'm sure someone in the stadium could refute it pretty quickly. But there is an argument, TV-wise, that she could, they could have shot the part of her up top on the stadium. They could have pre-shot that. However, everyone in the stadium would have tweeted about it pretty quick. That's what I'm saying. Because, Everybody in the stadium would have been like, BS. Well, because she don't got the high. And the, easy, and the easy way to see that was when she jumped. They didn't cut that. Like they didn't cut to anything for a good two, two we to three saw, seconds. Yeah, we just saw so the there wires. was nothing from her to be on the top of the stadium, and then for the three hundred level, they they didn't cut. They didn't have any coverage for it. Yeah. So, however, I would imagine if we went on Twitter right now, there'd be there'd be loads of videos that Lady Gaga literally jumped. Well, and you are with the conspiracy theories tonight. I like I, it. I like it. I do Alternative what I can. facts. Lee, Har- Lee Harvey Oswald was up there. 
We like with it. her. Alternative facts. Alternative facts all Maybe. through and through. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't want to be known for. I don't no, want to be okay, known no, for no, alternative no, 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 facts. No, 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 not alternative facts. Let's get me away from that hashtag. Lady Gaga has influenced so many memes tonight. Like I was on Twitter. Like everybody had a meme for the jumping theatrics. Jumping in the DMs. <laughs> this is how I'm going to jump That's into conclusions ah. in 2017. Like, ah. so many memes. So, thank you so much to Lady Gaga and the wonderful um, Olympic-style diving and, and jumping. Long jumps. Mm-hmm. And shout out to her for doing it without a guest. Because everyone was expecting somebody to hop in. And she held her own I, with just her and her dancer. I was actually very shocked to see. Because usually... Because typically speaking, you you get a big mashup. You get a big mashup of a couple different artists that I was very happy to just be like, no, I'm Lady Gaga. I'm worthy of all of this time. Yeah. I'm going to play my whole catalog just and, yeah. in seg- my abbreviated catalog. Some of her catalog didn't fare as well for me, but that's another discussion. That's fair. Which, which song? The piano song? Because I, I wasn't familiar with that well, song at all. I am, I've been told by people I was at the party with that the piano song is about a date rape or about a rape of some oh, kind. So she oh. was trying to make a statement. Okay. Like I and said, then, and also born, music. also born this way. Mike Pence was there. Yes, he and was. And he was fist pumping to Born This Way. Let's was be he real. Re- I mean, he probably was. Mike Pence, I saw uh, you he fist probably pumping was to Born This Way. Little, you know, thigh slap. Yeah, he low-key wanted to frolic with everybody else. He wanted to. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into the second half. Please. Um, <laughs> so we jump into the second half of what seemed to be the Atlanta Falcons show. The Atlanta right. Falcons ball. Thought we were going to be singing bad and bougie. They were... <laughs> They were just wondering if Mickey Mouse with the helmet could put a dance together for Bad and Bougie by in time for the parade tomorrow in Florida. I mean, I thought when... Who was it that missed the extra point on the kick um, for the Patriots? That would be Goskowski, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, so for him, he came back from that, though. Like, he didn't let it get to him. I thought he was going to be shook from that. I was like, oh, he's done for the rest of the night. Well, because that's... Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Falcons got the ball back, too. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is just... I understand it's the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, which is a separate universe from a regular season game or even a playoff game. Right. But if you're up 21, it was 21 to 3. So if you're up 19 points, don't check my math. If you're up that many points heading into the second half and you're getting the ball back, that's an incredible lead. Two field goals. They didn't score on a touchdown until, what was it, late in the third? Yes. So. So Tom Brady wasn't really a part of the initial comeback. He didn't really turn it on until later in the game when he started connecting with Edelman. I I was going to say, I didn't feel like Tom Brady really turned it on until about... It was about five minutes left in the third. And then I realized, like, okay, we got a problem. Because his last name, Jarrett, on on the Falcons. I mean, he, he sacked and really... Stopped Tom Brady in his tracks many, many, many times. Oh, yeah, he was on him he tonight. Was, he was coming off the block quick and fast. Tom Brady couldn't even see him. I felt like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if somebody's lost a step. I don't know what happened. But I really thought that the Falcons had his number because he couldn't get anything going out of the pocket. Wasn't it like five sacks um, on Tom this game? It was a lot. So, something um. like that. But Jarrett, Jarrett from the Falcons was doing his thing. He was getting off the block quick. But yeah, like five minutes left in the third, Tom Brady just, who's he endorsed by? Uggs. 
<laughs> he, went, he went and put on his Uggs. Under he Armour. Ate, he, he ate, put, put on some Under Armour, ate a pancake off the ground, because that commercial was absolutely disgusting. Let me tell you something. Does Tom Brady really eat carbs, though? Come on. You think oh, Tom Brady's sure eating carbs? Was, Tom Brady, Tom, the kind of cardio Tom Brady would have to do, he can eat as many carbs as he wants. By the way, he got sacked five times, three of which were by Jarrett. There you go. He was on fire. Yeah, he was he was doing his thing. Um, and side note, going back to Tom Brady being a fifth-round draft pick, do you guys remember his combine um, shirtless photo? Tom Brady is a, not a you know chiseled guy. Historically, he's gotten there, but he didn't start off as a chisel guy. <laughs> he had to work on it. Yeah, I think he's had his fair share of carbs. Inspiration, <laughs> inspiration. So, not to not to mention the eight thirty one of the third quarter. Tevin Coleman gets a six yard pass from Matt Ryan, a Matt Bryant kick. So now it's twenty eight to three. It's a twenty five point game at the end, like in the middle of the third quarter. Yep. Two minutes six seconds. James White five yard pass from Tom Brady. It's nine to twenty-eight because the Goskowski point attempt fails. At this point, were any of, did any of us think it was for real yet? No, I, no. I still I thought, oh, that's cute. They're making the store look respectable. That's exactly. what I thought was going to happen. I was like, it's going to look like a respectable game on paper. Yeah. I in that moment, I was honestly starting to think, oh, so this is gonna like they're gonna put up, they're gonna get a bunch of garbage time points, which. Once again, I should have realized this is the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, which is a separate universe from any other football game you could possibly imagine. Any other football game you could possibly imagine, the Atlanta Falcons would have an entire fourth quarter of garbage time. I feel like Bill Belichick, like Professor X, his thoughts into the field or something like that, you know? What do you guys, let's go back just a little bit. What do you think Bill Belichick told them in the locker room? That's a good question at halftime. I mean, how do you rally? Is it just like, this is the Patriots way, we don't get down? I'm sure it would be mostly in reference to whatever narrative he had been feeding them this whole time, but I'm sure the narrative he'd been feeding them this whole time is like a very us-versus-them. It's your family, it's your livelihood, it's the legitimacy of everything we've done. Because heading into this season, Deflategate, which spanned many, spanned seasons, spanned years at this point, the easiest way to fire up a team like that would be to say... It's us against the world. It's us, like, and not in, like, a very negative, like, go and get them, everyone's terrible, and as much as... I know a lot of I know a lot of folks who get accused. It's of, football. It's us against the world. Like, I, but I've known a lot of writers who, it, and the equivalent to what they're saying is, I've known a lot of writers who've been accused of plagiarism in one, in one way or another. And as much as it sucks, as much as it hurts, as much as you want to scream from the rooftops, I didn't steal this. The only real way you can prove that is by waking up tomorrow tomorrow and doing it again. Right. And then if anyone asks, say, okay, the person who claimed I plagiarized from them, what did they do? Because I woke up the next day and did what I'm doing. So I'm sure all season he's been feeding them some level of people. It's not just this season. It's not just this year. It's not just this game. People are calling into question the legitimacy of the dynasty that is the New England Patriots franchise. That is the New England Patriots. The history of Super cheating, Bo- Spygate, but those like, type of things. But with those things, they're saying, don't worry about the past. Don't worry about the future. Worry about your present. And if you worry about your present, you can win every game. You can win every half. You can win every play. Because that's the only way you're ever going to prove to a lot of people that we aren't legitimate. 
You got me fired up right now. That's you got me fired up. I want to go play a game. I'm about to go <laughs> run through the door right now. That's in my mind. I think that's something to that effect would be what he'd have to say. I'm sure it, there'd be a bit more expletives because he's losing. Because he it's losing Bill Belichick, and he said a few foul words on live national <laughs> television tonight, and we all show. caught it. Yeah, but I think that would be that would be the narrative he's probably been feeding them this whole time, and then that would be. But I wonder if he would be fired up in the way I was, where it's just very much calm, cool, collected. Or has he been that way all this, all season? And he walked in, he walked in there, and he flipped over trash cans and screamed and yelled and held a puppy and said, "This puppy's not going to make it." I don't know. Uh, Motiv- motivation is a weird speak thing. In that moment, does anybody else speak in the locker room during halftime? Think, or is it just all Belichick? I don't think Tom said a word. I don't think. So. I don't I think, think Tom said a word. I, think I don't Tom's think Tom a sol- said a word. Tom's a soldier under Belichick. Yeah, he is. He That's is. the. But whatever he said, it didn't resonate until late (laughs) in the third. (laughs) Because they didn't come out like he said anything profound. They came out just like kind of same old, same old, in my opinion. And I'm sure he came out. I'm sure he also said like technical things. Because I'm just talking pure motivational leadership things. But there's also very much... Because the game was moving really fast the Falcon, at that point. Like the, we, the Falcons haven't blown us out in the sense that they three and out us every time. That like We have opportunity. We're just not capitalizing on opportunity and the legitimacy of everything we've ever done. I mean, there was a couple of runs where it's like, where is the Patriots' defense? They're just nowhere around. Yeah, mm-hmm. They've know? always had good defense. They've always had solid, respectable defense. And, I, I mean, you have to wonder if that's because Rob Gronkowski's not in the middle. We know he went out week 13 with an injury. Injuries hit the Patriots hard this I, season. As a fantasy owner of Rob Gronkowski, I'm well aware. <laughs> he, he went out in week 13. Yeah. And it... But you're right, the, a lot has plagued this team, and the argument would always be, worry about your present, move forward. You know why I don't like the whole injury commentary from people? is because when Tom Brady went out, missed four games, okay? Mm-hmm. And that was league-induced, he had to miss those four games. But everybody was saying, well, I mean, it's a Bill Belichick coach team. He can beat anybody. He's Bill Belichick. So why are you guys bringing it up now? I mean, I've been saying that... I- when they I've, won, when they still managed to hold the line, those four games with Brady out, went through two quarterbacks during that time period because the injuries started early, you have to give it up to Bill Belichick and you have to respect the system because they held the line. Tom yep. Brady came back seamlessly. You know, there wasn't that awkward period kind of you expected him to be a little rusty or adjustment. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have that. Came back and just steadily built on the season no matter what was happening, no matter who they lost, no matter. The fact that Julian Edelman, I keep saying this, came out, never played wide receiver in his life, yeah. played quarterback in college <laughs> and you know, all these changes and was doing work, putting up numbers this season. You got to give credit to Bill Belichick. Yeah. And I guess Josh McDaniels, too. And Julian Edelman. Like, yeah, all of them. But, like, but I, would, really. I would say the stats don't really tell the whole story about him. That that's, if you could statistically quantify that story, he would be the MVP. I mean, yeah. Like, that's kind of, like, that's insanely it's incredible. Yeah. It, I it just really said insanely is. incredible. I'll stand by that. I'll stand you, by those words next to each you'll roll other. With that too, <laughs> I think I think Bennett um, deserves a lot of credit as well. Um, he was targeted a lot tonight, and he performed at t- towards the end of the game. Mar- Martellus is it Martellus Bennett? It's Martellus, and the, um, there was a couple of plays. The Seahawks, right? So, yeah. There was a couple of plays towards the end of the fourth where I was like, "What are you doing? What just happened there? <laughs> Did they really call that for him, especially?" Can um, I call out one? Terrible play call 
from the Atlanta Falcons, which is, I want to say, let's say it was about three or five minutes left in the game. And... Before overtime, right? But, well, but not before overtime. Before before it's tied. Okay. That they're that it's essentially twenty to twenty eight, or it might even be a little before this. It's third down. It might even be second down. They try to throw the ball. Why? Like they had a sizable they lead. They had a, I, they had a two possession lead. It's the second down. The ball. They're within field goal range. And then Matt Ryan throws back and he gets sacked. That's what Maddie it is. Maddie Ice returns. It was in that moment that I remember muttering, and people here can people here can reaffirm it. They don't deserve this. What is that? Run what's the ball. What's his get last name? Freeman. Devontae the, Freeman, running back. Yeah. Yes. Why didn't they use him in that moment? Right, because they started off the game so hot with the run game. I maybe they thought they were. They don't want to pay adjustments. I don't. That's not in game time. That's not a. That's not a thing you think about. But I do think. Ask the Seahawks when we lost the championship. They should have gave it to Marshawn Lynch. But they didn't want Marshawn to have that that. kind of shine. (laughs) I don't know what that kind of petty. That kind of petty rears its head even in the Super Bowl. I hope not. Because that was that was it's fixed though. Why wouldn't it be? All types of things could motivate situations, right? Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm using hyperbole. I. I'm using hyperbole because I think there's something garner there's something garnering it to make it exciting uh-huh. and not the blowout it was for a whole half. Whether that's just Bill Belichick trying to win or something more dastardly, I don't know. So since you're a Seahawks fan, I want to ask you, which loss was worse? Was it worse the Seahawks losing that game with Marshawn or this tonight for Falcons fans? Um I would say that this one probably hurts more for Falcons fans versus ours because we had won a championship the year prior. Okay, so yes, it sucks that we lost in that fashion when we should have run the ball, but we have a ring. Mm -hmm. And the Falcons, the Falcons had not been to the Super Bowl in, what, 19 years? Had they? We had been to the Super Bowl in 2005, so we had a, a smaller gap in time. Uh, in between excellence, right? So for us, it's kind of like, we'll be back sooner than they will. The Falcons, this is a rarity. This is a rarity for the Falcons, and even the Falcons heading into the playoffs were far from favorites to be the NFC champions. I didn't believe in them. I always, I didn't believe in them either. Well, I I have so many friends who are from Atlanta, and they always say, the Falcons are a let-me-down team. They are. They're a let-me-down team. Get you right there. I know all about that, actually. <laughs> He's I, an Eagles fan. I'm an Eagles fan. I know all about that. That's You guys have at least one. No, we don't. The, the Eagles don't have one we Super Bowl? Have, we have an NFL championship. We don't have a Super Bowl. We've only ever been to two Super Bowls. I didn't know that. It was the Raiders in the 80s and then the Patriots in Jacksonville. And we lost both. Oh. And we also lost four NFC championship games. Is that the one where Terrell Owens played? On yes, his, it was. You know, Shout and out to Terrell Owens getting free money tonight. Oh, and it's a shame <laughs> that they didn't vote T.O. into the Hall of Fame number two on that list after Jerry Rice. Shame on you. I, I mean, get it, I but mean, shame on you. It's his antics. I know well, it's his antics I and mean, his personality, you, but... You can't get cut from an arena football league. You can't get cut from an arena football team and then be a first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> Listen, we're only talking about the NFL. This is, not first, this, is, this, is, this is the second time. 
time. This is the second right, time. It's being probably. Overlooked. So this is what I'm saying. I'm saying. First time, I got it. I got it. I knew that they weren't going to accept him. His, All of, everything. His stats. His stats. He he. If it were his stats alone, he'd be Come a first on, ballot Hall um, of Famer. But the Hall of Fame's not about that. Right. Who got in last night? He's number 55. Um, on the list. Uh, Last night, somebody, somebody, I'm blanking on the name. It'll come to me in a second. Um, second time, T.O. should have made it in. That's wrong. I, but anyway. As someone who doesn't have many nice things to say about T.O., I will say he will. He belongs in and will eventually be in the Hall of Fame. He, he has to play nice, though. Mm-hmm. See, I, I, get, I get so drawn into, into players' personal lives and who they are off the field that if they do something stupid, I don't really mess with them. That's why I don't like Tom Brady, because I don't like his wife. Oh. oh, that's and I saw Giselle tonight trying to get all lit. Oh, I saw her. In the, the, um... She dropped her phone. Anybody else see that? Oh, I saw her in the booth when they showed her, and she was like getting into somebody's face. Giselle I can't stand is, Giselle. She ass. pops off. She pops off. Can we talk about for a second though? Tom Brady. I think his career earnings are something like two hundred forty-five million, two hundred sixty-five million. Giselle's from the last ten-year period, three fifty something like that. Oh, My yeah. math might be a little off, but um, equal. A hundred million? <laughs> well, but like more. I mean, they're, more, they're like, balanced. They're almost balanced, but yeah, I, you know. They're also both in. They're also both in industries that value your age. That she, it's not like she's an executive at a place. Like she, they're both in industries that at a certain point they'll have to stop earlier than other people in other industries. Yeah. So, um, but Tom is already defending, gone further. No, no, we're not <laughs> like defending just, hundreds of millions. That's of dollars just a random your, fact I just 30s. wanted to throw out. Um, but Tom is almost at that. He's past the age, really, where he should be on the decline and out the door. He. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think if he, and I'm sure he's in contact with the Farves of the world. I'm sure they'd all tell him to walk away right now. Because the Patriots have to start thinking about their future and the way that they're like, cut them and leave them no matter who they are. You got to wonder how they're going to handle the Tom Brady situation. You got to start thinking about it. I don't you think the Patriots your, are um, the Colts. Put it back for the <laughs> I also don't think Tom Brady is the type. I don't think Tom Brady is the type to seek greener pastures. That I think they're going to back up a Brinks truck as they should. No, I and don't he's going to he... take it and go, great, I'm still the leader of this team and we're still doing great things. I don't think he's going to leave, but I think you do have to start looking towards your future at some point d- because 40 is right around the corner. Hello. I I <laughs> also, but I, I would argue football teams, whether they admit it or not, don't start looking for replacement quarterbacks in this situation until their current quarterback's not doing well. And I'm not talking about the people who are on, like the depth that currently exists in the bench. I'm saying that if, if they're going to look to make a move in the draft... They're not gonna. They're not gonna sign a quarterback. They're not gonna be looking for a quarterback. Yeah, because the Colts didn't start looking for a quarterback until Peyton Manning actually broke his clavicle. Yeah, (laughs) because and it's partly a business decision that That worked out well for them because of the draft only. (laughs) But if you're spending that kind of money on a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady, you should probably use it. You should probably use it, and that's what you're paying. That's part of what you're paying for. Someone on someone so good at at the top that they're consistent every time to run the whole team, or at least run the whole offense. Teams are dictated by quarterbacks and defenses, so... Well, except for the Patriots. The Patriots are all Belichick. Patriots are a system. If Belichick Belichick woke up tomorrow and said, I don't think Tom Brady can do it next year, he would would do everything to draft the, the best rookie quarterback he could find. And, it would be, and the people would trust him. Yeah, they Tom wouldn't Br- question. They wouldn't question his his Tom decision. Brady, Tom Brady wouldn't trust. Wouldn't question his decision. He'd be like, "Word, coaches like that." Well, damn. I mean, you know everything. Well, not to mention, I think he would. 
at the very worst, at the very worst, if the if the Patriots were drafting a quarterback, it would be to a rookie quarterback that it would be to ride the bench and hold a clipboard under Tom Brady, as Tom Brady has another season. So are they going to pay Garoppolo? Let him go? Franchise him? He gets a ring. That's all that matters. <laughs> like, the two quarterbacks that start off the season, yo, they get rings. They do. This is beautiful. Everybody, everybody gets rings. Everybody gets rings. But then, let's be realistic. What happens to most players if they leave the Patriots system after a Super Bowl or any of that? They you go get, get a hell of a contract. They get you, a get bigger, a, you get a lot get, of money, but do we really hear from them again? Do they really make noise? You get a hell of a contract. <laughs> you hear from them in the club when they make any ranks. They got all that money. Yeah. You, you, you ride that momentum and you go get your money. Unless you're someone like Tom Brady who's already making enough Who's already making enough where he is? But see, I bet Tom, you he'll go on his White House visit next year. Anyway, <laughs> so what's just, next? I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna hold. I'm staying off. away from that. I'm gonna that, hold off because this is about on the field, right? Um, so the Patriots start coming back, and I knew pretty early this is happening. This is for real. Probably by by the I was still in disbelief. By the start of the fourth quarter, I'm like. At the very least, I'm like, okay, so this is garbage time. They're going to run up the score so it looks more respectable. And then by the middle of the fourth quarter, no, they, they're unstoppable. The, and they're the, striking so the fast. Momentum, the momentum. Complete the, momentum shift. The Falcons couldn't stop them. The Falcons couldn't do anything when they had the ball. The The Patriots did botch. Well, they, they missed an extra point, and then they botched it onside kick. Because they were trying to come back very early. They, like, were, they trying were trying to, to get clear. right back in it. Because had they made that onside kick... It would have all come back for them, and it didn't. It looked like they were going to run out of clock. That's what I thought until, um, what was that play where um, Falcons recovered and they were setting up? It was when um, the clock, they ran out of clock because, mm, all right, I'm botching it. Never mind, let's keep going. (laughs) So there's um, a six-yard pass, Tom Brady. It's 20 to 28. And now with 57, sec- 57 seconds left in the Super Bowl, James, White's get- James White gets a one-yard run to tie the game. Wait, it doesn't... There we go. The Danny Amendola two-point conversion ties the game. So it's 28-28, heading into overtime for the first time in Super Bowl history. But before that, we had a couple of amazing catches. We had a couple of... Well, and one of them Julio by Jones Julio Jones. Yes. Who I hurt for. I really hurt for Julio Jones. Okay, He's so close. Number one, I give a lot of uh, uh, flack to the University of Alabama because, I, in my opinion, they have great runs. They win championships. But your guys never win it all in the pros, right? And I just knew that Julio Jones was going to get one, right? Mm-hmm. You see what happens. He did his part, though. Can we he really? Did I mean, he, he did, did his part. part. He did his he part. He made some incredible just, catches right along the line. It just fell apart. But see, so here's here's my issue with the Falcons and their defense towards the end of the game. I felt like they got a lot of penalties, and it was like sometimes you've got to just make the best play on the ball with your hands up, just be there and be around it. But instead, like they were getting beat and then trying to pull people back and just being lazy. Mm-hmm. And it's like this is not the time to be lazy. You've got to dig in a little bit more and go back to your fundamentals and do what you've been taught. That pissed me off. Yeah. Because they had a lot of stupid bonehead penalties. And, I mean, some of your penalties, you're ending up going halfway to the goal. 
that I mean that that crushed well, them. There was a penalty that pretty much cost them the game when it was twenty to twenty eight. Tom Brady throws the ball. It looks like it's about to be a touchdown, and a defender never looks back and pretty much hugs him. Pretty yeah. much hugs him. Hands across the numbers. Make sure that the player can't catch the ball. So I know exactly what player you're talking about. Um, I can't think of the young man's last name, but it, it irritated me because, to your point, you never turned your head. You didn't even try. Quick turn. It's a quick turn. Identify. Find your man. Hands up. Yeah. He didn't do it. Well, he, he reverted back to some... I don't I don't know what that was. There was a lack of... Di- like, I want to say there was. there's a certain lack of discipline that got exploited in this fourth quarter. Is that young team? Is that not being in they the have situation? A lot of or is it- young team, young coach... Built, like going up against a very regimented, very controlled, very con- like you. I think we saw. Was there a sideline reporter who interviewed Tom Brady heading into the second half? Because I would want to. I would. No, I don't know if it exists. I would want to see that video if it exists. Because I wouldn't be shocked if Tom Brady was still calm, cool, collected. We're not going to panic. Everything was. I don't. That part of that's experience, and part of that is just focus and discipline. That I don't know if this Atlanta Falcons team had it. Well, see that that's that is the exposure of their their immaturity, and I don't want to say immaturity; it's just lack of experience, yeah. right? Um, when you when things get tight and you don't have the experience to know that we can still prevail, it becomes the game not to lose instead of your game to win, right? Which, and they were playing not to lose towards the end, and you can't play like that. You have to play to win. Tom Brady always played to win. Well. First half, not so much. But when he, he decided th- he to turn was it still on, playing to win. When he decided to really turn it on, he was playing to win, and that's the difference. You got to play to win, not play to lose. It's like he woke up and realized, wait, I can't go out losing to the Falcons. Like you can, can you really like look yourself in the mirror the next day, like, bruh, <laughs> you lost to the Falcons right. and you got smacked, right? Like, right. not to mention another thing about the Falcons that kind of irked me, and I understand this would be a bit of a creative play calling. However, the New England Patriots were kind not scoring at will, but they were moving the ball pretty regularly, pretty well, that the Falcons weren't really defending well. And this would be more of an arena football way to do it, but at some point there was about two, three minutes left in the game, and it was cl- pretty clear to me that the Patriots were coming in. The, whether they were going to do it this play or a play two minutes down the line, the Patriots are going to score that score that score that touchdown, and then they're going to have to score that two point conversion. Part of me really felt that the Falcons could have let them do it with three minutes left, done everything they could to try to prevent those two points because with three minutes left and neither team had timeout, like neither team had timeouts at yeah. that point. You could conceivably stop them on the two points, and now it's a two-point game, so you need to hold on to the ball for three minutes and win, and if they score that two-point conversion and tie, you now have three minutes to actually do something with the football before it's halftime. And I think, I don't, once again, that's a crazy... That's a crazy modern way to think, and I might be dead wrong, because I think momentum-wise that might have hurt them too. Especially as a young team, I think maybe. But, I mean, there's things you can try. One of the things I feel like for the Falcons is kind of to your point, right going into overtime and then into overtime, they were still playing as if seemingly not to score. Yeah. Just trying to, you know, defend their position as if they thought the Patri- they can't. They're not going to be able to come back. They're not going to be able to make it down the field in all um 
in all evidence that no, they're coming for you, and it's coming rather quickly. No, they're, com- they're not even coming for you. They're coming for that end zone. You're in the way. Thirty-one unanswered points. That's just like ridiculous. That's sad. There's a saying that you have to step on their neck. Yeah. And at no point did I see a level of intensity on their sideline where it was like, we're going to step on their neck. Like, we're up, and let's keep a... What's what's the uh, dance they do? A-Town Stomp? (laughs) They were supposed to A-Town Stomp on their neck, uh, and they never... I never saw it in their eyes. It should have been. We're up 25 points. You never saw it in their eyes. we We want 25 more points. They got comfortable. They started making plans. They were like, when I get back to Atlanta. No, they were already talking about what they were going to do last night. I mean, tonight in Houston. What strip clubs they were going to hit up. Who's having an after party. They was going to pop it off. I could have had some some recommendations, guys. (laughs) Y'all got to win the game. I'm saying. I've been to Houston. Can I just say that um, Matt Ryan looked deflated? Matty Ice? He looked. During the the coin toss. um, The MVP. The MVP. Looked very deflated. Now, shout out to the NFL. They were like, "Look, we let George Bush, the the, the first George H, yeah, George H, come up in here and do the flip the first time, and your ass ain't coming out here during overtime." Um, but during that coin flip, he looked really deflated. I think that hit that he took it seemed to change it the momentum of like the game. Yeah, it shook. And I think it was to your point the idea that they weren't playing to win. They didn't have the fire that when they. That when they're coming, when they're looking back at a New England team that kind of eats this for breakfast, that well, kind of really loves the idea, no, we could beat you. Well, they've been there before. See, here's here's what so many NFL guys will tell you: the emotion that goes into a Super Bowl, that that first you know quarter of that Super Bowl game, you are going all out. Your adrenaline's there, but if you haven't figured out how to balance out your energy and maintain it, it's going to catch up to you, and that's what happened tonight. It's. I'm sure many will talk about it for years to come, but it frustrate. Like if you, if Atlanta Falcons were your pick, it was frustrate. Like that, the ending of this game was very frustrating to watch. Somebody was, in Vegas put up a million for the Falcons to win. Man, um, do you want to know what would have been a better investment? <laughs> I can promise you, I could have used that million dollars for so many other things. I mean, the Patriot, he would have made it. If he were a smart gambler, he would have been able to be fine. Because the Patriots would have, if he had more money, <laughs> I'm just saying, Complex. he'd be betting, the Falcons were probably a 1.5 favorite, so one and a half to one, so plus 150, so if he bet a million, he could have only stood to win 1.5 million. At halftime, the Patriots would have been three, if not five to one, so if he had more money, he could have hedged himself against his first bet, and he oh, wouldn't have yeah. actually lost. That said, he would have to have shown up to Vegas with $5 million. Sounds like an episode of Ray Donovan. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I applied right for that show. So this is what threw me off about overtime, this whole sudden death piece. Because in the regular season, even if you score a touchdown, they have the right to... Is, I thought I thought the rule in the NFL was always a hybrid of the college rule and not a regular... That if you march down the field and score a touchdown, you still win. Yeah. And then if you score a field goal, they have an opportunity to also score a field goal, and then you keep going. However, if you win, because the argument argument before it was, if you won the toss, you won the game. So the, the entire game, you play four quarters to win a coin toss, and then if you don't screw it up too bad, you can get within field goal range and win the game. The argument then became, 
we don't want to be like college where overtime goes three, four, five quarters. That's not how overtime you get a tie at a certain football point. is long enough. But well, because we had one tie this season, Seahawks tied yeah. with the 49ers. This is regular season. I believe in the Super Bowl, you would never actually get a tie. But it's in, under sudden death rules. That's only that's only on the first possession as well. So had the Patriots missed a field goal and then punted it to the Falcons, and the Falcons scored a field goal, punted it to the had the Patriots not made it to field goal range and then had to punt to the Falcons. If the Falcons drove down and scored a field goal, they'd win. That would be it, right. Because it's only the first possession. It's only the first possession, and it's only a field goal. Either way, I, the, the Patriots <laughs> took advantage of, of the opportunity, as they always do. And that's not a Patriots way to be. Like, they were never thinking field goal when they were in field goal range. Yeah. Because by, by kicking a field goal, you're giving the ball back to the Atlanta Falcons, who can then score a touchdown and win within those rules. So, I think. I have a question. I don't think that's ever actually happened. What's happening? Kind of skipping ahead. <laughs> um, my question is, did you get that iconic moment that you were hoping for, seeing Roger Goodell have to congratulate Tom Brady up there? Did he feel anything? Did Was it magic, like so many people were hoping for? No. Or was it just kind of The like, magic whatever? was on the field, and that's, that's how we're going to define Tom Brady's career. That's how Tom Brady's career is going to be defined, is I, I showed up, I threw the ball. I already know right now there's going to be some kind of magical montage commercial because it seems like every time a great athlete has a great championship, they just lose it on the ground, hunched over. And I don't think that I've happened. ever... No, that happened here. Yeah. I oh, know. yeah. Tom, Br- I'm Tom Brady did that. Tom Brady did that tonight, but I don't think he's ever done it before. Not this well. Not I don't this think way. he's ever been so overcome with emotion. So I can already see like LeBron's championship in mm-hmm. Golden State, the way he was just overcome with emotion. It was very it was so similar. Can we just talk about really fast this year in sports and championships, Golden State blowing the three one lead, what happened with the Cubs and the Indians in the World Series game seven. <laughs> um now this there's been a couple other things. Bama losing to Clemson. There you <laughs> go. I mean just the past sports year has been incredible. All the way down to the wire. Can't miss it. USC hey, won the Rose Bowl. That happened. Um, <laughs> Trojan. As a Philadelphian, I'm as a Philadelphian, I'm You're a little like, worried yeah. about Penn State. I don't know. Um, I would like to say on pure. We're talking pure numbers, pure statistics. This NFL season on pure ratings has not been as good as the last five. But sports in general hasn't been good. Yeah, in ratings. like sports in general, because people have more options, people have more stuff to do. People, people oversaturation of the product. People, Sunday, Monday, bad Thursday night football. Oh, specifically the NFL. I think they need to do away with these Thursday or they I think they need to do away with these Saturday games. Yeah. In London? No, oh, no the Saturday the games. The Saturday night games. Oh yeah. They had a couple of those. And possibly the Thursday night game. I think I think Thursday, lessen them or change or it up. Not we, have two Monday night games at some times and like they 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 oversaturate themselves instead of having it all on Sunday, which works well for them that enough people are paying it's but it does oversaturate and it they can't help it under deliver on the ratings that they're saying they're but going the to matchups play. always suck on thursdays yep. that's, that's my issue i don't mind them having thursday games but just make the matchups good i think it should be two teams coming off of a bye week maybe mm-hmm. you know so that they're fresh um someone said maybe it should always be divisional rivals like cowboys redskins those type of matchups something you yeah. know i think can generate some more excitement i think it's i think it should be similar to sunday night football which which is they withhold the right to change it 
Because I think that's kinda, it's kind of hard to change it though. No, on a because Thursday. it's a short week. On a Thursday, it is difficult to change, and it's because the building. I don't know if they could logistically turn it out, but at the very least, especially for those later season games, they were pick bad. Like, I'm sure they have to lay down a certain amount of money to reserve the stadium. So, if they could, they could just spend that money for the last like six or seven weeks of the season to reserve the stadium to the reserve the stadium for a B game or a C game. That in the event heading into that week, we don't like this matchup on Thursday anymore. We can flop them. We can flop them and we have the stadium re- reserved and everyone's ticket says Sunday or Thursday. I think that's a little weird, but I, I like, I think football can do very well on Thursdays, but I think it's very matchup specific. Yeah. It's also been I free had on this Twitter. weird idea literally just popped into my head. What if the NFL decided that Thursday night games would only be played by Super Bowl champions? Um, so the Patriots every week would play on Thursdays. Every week. What every or there's only how many teams in the NFL aren't or you mean So every Thursday night game would be the Super Bowl champion. Oh, the current Super Bowl champion. Yeah. I Cuz you have all that spotlight every cuz that game anytime you play the Patriots or any defending champion, that's the biggest game of the year for you. I mean, now you add the cachet of it's the only game of the day, only game of the night, national TV primetime. The stakes are even higher. They would never on pure on pure ratings. They'd never go for it because New England as a market is pretty big. But let's say Jacksonville wins next year. Jacksonville's a tiny market, and they need they need eyes. If if you ask the NFL what they wanted the Super Bowl to be, they wanted it to be New England and Dallas. Oh yeah, I would have liked that. Can we just say that maybe the Patriots won because the new edition movie was so great, and it's Bobby Brown's birthday, and they wanted to oh. shout that out. There you go. I just like that connection I made. Happy if birthday, they did Bobby Brown. Anything King R&B. for <laughs> b- badass Bobby Brown, I'm even more upset. Shout out to New Edition. I love the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I love the movie. Just had to throw that in there. I don't know if Tom Brady um, even knows who Bobby Brown is. I feel like. It's weird to have a predictions portion of the Super Bowl, but I think we can have predictions for the NFL moving forward. Um, yeah, I definitely think we can have predictions. Um, number one, I th- well, I think he has to play the thing though. Where get, if he has it, you gonna hit us with okay, the predictions? Maybe not. Now, there we go. Ow. Oh yes, we have a thing. Red Patriots, red, white, blue. There you go, uh, a bit. Um, do you have a lime green for the Seahawks? If if you wanted to get crazy. Pick the Super Bowl matchup and winners for this time next year. Ah, uh, not me. Pass. <laughs> uh, I think that Carolina or the Buccaneers are going to end up in. Wow. They're going to end up in the Super Bowl. Okay. One of them. One of them. Wow. Dallas is still a couple years out. Okay. A couple of years? Because this is a sophomore slump. Oh, you think they're going to have a slump? I don't. I, I think that... I think Dak and Ezekiel Elliott, as great as they are, very deserving of all the accolades, they got away with stuff this year because people just didn't know their game. But once you had a year to be scouted, even Cam Newton, every NFL quarterback, every NFL great had a sophomore slump. They're not going to do as well as they did this year, next year. You but just, I think Cam Newton's going to come back with some fire next year. You just convinced me to change my idea. But who do, who do you see on the AFC side? I, that might well, be a see, dumb. Here, that might be a dumb question. No, it's not a dumb question. I so number one, I don't follow the AFC as closely as I should because I'm a Seahawks fan and, mm-hmm. a, and a Cowboys fan on the low. 
So I don't really watch the AFC. The low, I would, low. The low, low. I would like to see the Steelers get back on top. Because I like wow. Mike Tomlin. Mm-hmm. I, they have a problem. Um, we want to see what happens with that Antonio Brown situation because that's going to have to be sorted out. Obviously, there are feelings on both sides. All those stories that were leaked, I, that seemed a little personal. Like It's, a it's lot. deeper than just, okay, yeah, he made a mistake. I feel like the promoting of his brand, the fact that he's a brand guy, is kind of not rubbing the Steelers the wrong way. But they need him. So They need him. He's smart, though. He's about his money. And if you're trying to be a brand guy, that you... If you're a professional athlete, you should be a brand guy. Especially in football. Especially in football, cause, or as a professional athlete in general, because I know a lot of pro wrestlers, I cover pro wrestling here, the ones I really enjoy, and the ones that I really enjoy interviewing are the ones that are brand guys. Because yeah. if they get hurt, they're not off TV. Yeah. So, so if a brand guy, as an athlete, gets hurt, they still have stuff to do, they still have a livelihood, they're not complacent. Um, I think I'm going to stick with my initial pick. I don't think Dallas is going to have a sophomore slump. I think they're... Because they shouldn't have had as good a freshman year as they had. They exactly. just did. That I think it's kind of for real. I think, and this really pains me to say as an Eagles fan, but I think it's going to be Dallas and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, and okay. I also think my Philadelphia Eagles are going to make it to the playoffs. And I think that would be a step in, that would be a crucial step. It's possible. I and mean, probably you, a year ahead of what you would expect of them given last season. Wild card. I can see them maybe sneaking in on the wild I could, card. Wild card, maybe second round. Like, I... They could put together, like, they're only moving forward. There's only up. I, I hurt for your guys' fan base because, I mean, again, being from Seattle, I know what it's like to go those long stretches. Um, I hope that there is some truth to what you're saying about the Eagles. But, I would love to see them go to the Super Bowl. I don't know if it's if they're there. I, but. I would love to. Of course I would love to see them go to the Super Bowl as of this moment. I don't, I don't see the upward momentum I don't see the pendulum swinging that far, but yeah. I see the pendulum swinging a lot farther than anyone expected, similar to this time last year, where no one saw the pendulum swinging to them being 3-0 and under a rookie quarterback. Yeah. That I think they're, they're going to be underwritten. However, speaking of the letdown team, I also think that'll hurt us because they might go 4-0, 5-0, when they're only an 8-8, 10-8, 10-6 team. So they, they're a very frustrating team for me to watch. So you're saying it's going to be Dallas and Dallas Pittsburgh. and Pittsburgh. And that's what we wanted this year. Yeah. That's what we wanted this year. Okay. The NFL wanted New England and Dallas. I wanted New England and Dallas. I can't lie. Two crazy fan bases. Just a little interesting old versus new school. I mean, I feel like the outcome would have been the same. Well, not the same as tonight, meaning I don't know. If I think the story would have been thing, similar. Yeah, I would have expected. It would have been a younger, a younger possibly lesser disciplined team going up against a very regimented, very disciplined, yeah. very very experienced team. I think that I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had a dog in that fight. Yeah. I, you, and you I just I said like that and I just said that and I'm never gonna use that expression ever again. <laughs> da, 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 da. I, Vic <laughs> Shout out to Michael Vic uh, uh, <laughs> announcing his retirement. But you know what I would like to see? I would like to see the Pro Bowl um, just disappear. Yeah. I would like to see the Pro Bowl matter. Or matter if, mm-hmm. I, if the or. Pro Bowl is not going to matter, I'd like it to disappear. If the Pro Bowl is not going to disappear, I'd like it to matter. How could they fix it, though? I don't have an answer for that. Because why would you? It seemed a little more exciting to me last year when they were doing the picking teams thing, and it was kind of a seven on seven approach almost. But I'm not going to lie. I, I never it. watched the Pro Bowl. I don't care about the Pro Bowl. I get them moved it to Orlando. Families, yay! But have yeah. it during the combine. 
So like during the NFL, like before so the after NFL the draft, season? after the season. So you have guys playing for their jobs, proving like in the middle of contract negotiations. They're already proving, on vacation though. They're gonna yeah. want to come back and do that. I feel like that would but be if, even worse because if you, you think that they don't play now, but you I'm move saying, it a couple weeks out, they're gonna be like, ah, eh. yeah. Well, what? then. I'm going to move, Turks and Caicos. Move it somewhere where they're already... Pa- I, I guess you're right, not the combine, but move it to somewhere around June or July where they've already started minicamps again. Some of them are sitting out their contracts. Some mm, of them are... They've do- been sitting around. We that, forgot about the season already. But like, like I'm some just of, shooting but like, everything. No, but yeah. I'm saying like some of them have... Like a lot of people have... A lot of them have incentive to play because they ha- just had a contract year and they haven't gotten that money they thought they'd get. And like... And I also think whatever plan they do, if they do a plan like this, it has to be a five-year contract. Mm. That it's whatever we're going to do, we're doing it for five years. Because that, so that, so that for better or worse, everyone knows, no, no, you just can't sit this one out because it'll be, we'll just change it again next year. This is happening for five years. They should probably they, move they, it back to Miami. Move it back to Miami and put it back into the fans' hands and do a mid-season um, break just like the NBA and every other like sport. They don't have a long their enough body. season. They don't have a long enough season. To I feel like their bodies, break. they don't want to put that type of strain. I think they them. should. You fly them to, you fly them to London. I, you fly in Mexico City. But if you're flying, for, but see, I feel like they break those teams up. So like if you're flying from New York to London, is that it's only, you know, four or five hours. So it's like the same thing as them going to the East Coast, even though I know it's over water. But it's, and you're not playing hard anyways. You're not playing mm-hmm. hard anyways. Um, since we brought it up. Expansion teams, teams moving. We already know the San Diego Chargers are now the Los Angeles Chargers. They're going to play out of the StubHub Stadium until the Inglewood Stadium is built. The Raiders, as of this second, are still in Oakland. Right. Lost by the funding way, for the Las Vegas Stadium. By the way, none of this is official till the owners meet in like a month or two. Yeah, they have to vote for all that. But the Chargers is all but guaranteed. Or, right. or, or Jerry Jones, who pretty much de facto runs all the owners, would have said so. Yeah. Like, there would have been a press release. We would have stopped talking about it. The, the Chargers' bags are packed. Yes, they are. Do we see any sh- similar shakeups between now and September? For teams? For teams. I don't think... I think that's a big process. I think that what is happening with these three teams, essentially, with the Rams just, yes. you know, moving here here in L.A. Um, this season and San Diego are situations and with Oakland being unsatisfied with their stadium up north are situations that have been bubbling for quite some time now. Yeah. Oakland has been dissatisfied. The um, Golden State Warriors who play right next door, yep. they're moving to San Francisco. It, you know, the um, 49ers moved to Santa Clarita. So I, I think that this is going to stand pat for a minute. The loser in this are the smaller market teams, obviously, because there's more opportunity overall for team owners, I guess, and marketing and those type of ventures in these bigger cities. Um, you know, I'm in L.A. I like that we have two of everything, but because <laughs> it's options. But I do feel bad for some of those fans, you know, because the option of having tax funds pay for a stadium just to keep them there or you lose your team to a big city is like probably heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking, but I also I like that two teams came to Los Angeles cuz Los Angeles for decades used to be the nuclear option. Yes. For teams like the Buccaneers, for teams they like the Jaguars, us. for te- for yeah. the Rams anytime the Rams wanted the to renegotiate, the, the Vikings like for a minute. anytime yeah. a team wanted a stadium built 
and wanted the city to pay for a bunch of it. They used us like a threat, like they, a dirty side piece. And it, but it wouldn't it wouldn't wouldn't be an idle threat. It would be Los Angeles, one of the biggest markets in the country, doesn't have a football team, and we are a football team. And most of the teams I just mentioned weren't firmly rooted. Like for me to say the Philadelphia Eagles would ever leave Philadelphia is just a laughable statement. Yeah, but there are happened. plenty of franchises in the NFL where that's not a laughable statement, and the, the franchise could up and move. The Bills. I'm predicting right now in the next three years, the Bills will go to Toronto. That that's happening. And I think they need to go to Toronto. Yeah, that would be, I mean, that's close that's enough. That's what the that NFL wants. Them. I think as far as what kicked off the L.A. exodus, I think, is the fact that Stan Kroenke was involved. You yep. had an owner of the team involved pledging his own funds to help get that stadium mm-hmm. built in addition to the L.A. market being thirsty for a team after the 20-year drought. So I think that that has a lot to do with it, too, because otherwise we've just been spinning our wheels. We didn't know where the um, stadium was going to come from. It's been all over Southern California places where they were going to um, put it up. And the fact that it made it easier for, at some point, whoever the second team was going to be Raiders or Chargers, I know the Rams, in a way, have to be thanking God that it wasn't the Raiders because they would have <laughs> been overshadowed because yeah. the yeah. Raiders, Raiders were LA's team. You know, more so than the Rams, even though the Rams were my team growing up. It's a long story. But uh, it's just, it's interesting. I'm excited to have football back in L.A., even though the Rams' first season here was so bored. <laughs> well, here's here's my concern about two teams being in L.A. now. I don't think that the Rams made a big enough splash. I don't know if they'll ever really make a splash. They would have to win the Super Bowl in order to make a splash. I feel like there's going to be... Just a lot of dead space, dead air, a lot of meaningless television having to be created and programming to cover these teams, and nobody cares. I think the Chargers have a better chance, actually, than the Rams of being good. They have more. The Rams have a pretty good defense with Aaron Donaldson and so forth, but the Chargers have more pieces in place Mm -hmm. to seemingly take off quicker. I think the fact that they're starting off at StubHub, which is a smaller stadium um, with, you know, built for soccer so that the fans are going to be close to the game, it's going to give them a different experience. I also, think, I also think the geography is helpful for the, the Chargers, especially yeah. being in Carson in transition, because Southern California, yeah. compared to most other cities, or compared Huge. to most other regions, yeah. like San Diego isn't actually that far from Los Angeles, that if you, were lived, if you lived in San Diego and you were a Chargers fan... Going to Carson wouldn't be a it's tre- not that bad. Wouldn't yeah. be a trek. It would be the it's halfway to Los Angeles. What do you guys think about free agents, though? Free agents. Okay, being in the Los Angeles market makes us more attractive to free agents. I think that's a bunch of bull. No, I think you got that money. The, it, here's a couple of things. I mean, I know now with free agency things are different because you can be a brand guy from anywhere, i.e., Antonio Brown that we talked about. But the NFL Network is here, so there's also if those free agents are looking maybe on the end of their career or looking what they're going to do next, there are all sorts of outlets for them to get into broadcasting. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys want to be tech guys. We have Silicon Beach right over there in Playa yeah. Vista, Marina Del Rey. So there's lots of areas for them to shore up their career in other ways outside of just football. I know football should be the focus, but there's so many other things here that athletes seem to be really into at this moment Mm -hmm. that help extend their career or their shelf life. I think that it's always going to be an attractive market because it's L.A. And I know that's hard to say as a Lakers-Clippers combo fan. We'll talk about that another (laughs) time. And the Lakers didn't um, lost their destination status. But I think with the NFL, it's new enough, the season's short enough that guys 
guys might want to take a trip here and see what happens. I mean, a lot of NFL guys are here during the off season. Um, yeah. I mean, they train at UCLA, USC all the time. So I know it is a popular destination for them in the off season. I just wonder if it's going to really, if you're going to see the needle shift based with with free agents. I question. I question the kind of free agents that, because as you said, it would be people at the end of their career looking, not necessarily to retire, but to looking to transition from just being a football player and going where the NFL, going where the NFL network is, going where Silicon Beach is, going where this big NFL experience will be, going where a Super Bowl will be, going where it's one, like a third, like a top five market in America. I think it might hurt over what kind of free agents at what point in their career will actually want to come to Los Angeles because I think if you're a 20 something if you're a 20 something that can make a difference you want to go somewhere where you can make a difference and where you can get so further along so you have to move that needle but we to don't attract even, yeah. free agents that would, like in Antonio Brown which I also think part of what a lot of people miss about being a brand guy or a brand person is that you you need to win <laughs> well no but I'm, this isn't football at all, but, like, the idea of, like, my brand is me and me is my brand and I can reach everyone from my phone also means you can live wherever you want to live. True. And I, I, I meet a lot of people who move to Los Angeles who think they have to move to Los Angeles to do all those things. Because really they're thinking about the networking aspect They're of thinking it. of the networking aspect. Like, I... We're way off... T- we're way in the weeds <laughs> here, but I'll, br- I'll bring it up briefly that I know some YouTube stars who moved out here who already have accomplished what most of us moved out here to accomplish, but they accomplished it from wherever they, wherever they grew up on their own YouTube channel, that, it, that they faced a lot of frustration here because they expected... More. They expected yeah. more that it was, a, it was almost an emotional fulfillment that it couldn't possibly... Like, I'm going to move out here and be a movie star. No, you're a YouTube star. Be happy, live in your mom's basement, <laughs> collect that money, and, and be happy with being you. I'm a little in the weeds there, but Antonio Brown, brand person, like it. I get what you're saying. That I can be a brand consultant to some of these people who want to come to LA and help them out. We don't even know what these two teams' identities are going to be because both have new coaches, mm. especially with the Rams' case, 30 year old coach, youngest oh, in it, the NFL. Like that's going to be. We don't know. I mean, you look at it something like though with the Falcons, their two two their two year turnaround. I mean. Granted, they probably have more tools in theory with Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, depending upon where you categorize him. <laughs> I understand he is the MVP, but, you know, not a lot of belief in him. So I think that the important thing with the NFL is your quarterback, Philip Rivers, obviously gives the edge to the L.A. Chargers. And then if you can put together a nice defense, yeah. you can ascend rather quickly. Um, I, have, I have one more please. question, going back to Matt Ryan. A, does he get paid? Of course. Has to. What he wants? What does he want? And that's, and that's what does we he want to be paid like an NFC Championship quarterback that's, or a Super Bowl we, champion that's quarterback? We that's what we haven't figured out yet or haven't heard out of his mouth. Number one, does he get paid? Number two, does he get back to A, a Super Bowl or, or B, any level of high respectability in the NFL? Like being feared. I, like Matt Ryan's coming to town, like I'm scared. Not that like year. Aaron Rodgers. No. Even though Aaron Rodgers had a kind of a so-so year, especially at the beginning, he's still that bad man, Aaron Rodgers. I think I think Matt Ryan's still going to be that bad man, but not next year. It's a Super Bowl. There's going to be a Super Bowl hangover. I, I, I've never considered Matt Ryan a bad man. <laughs> um, I, I think he's a, he's a, he's a behind the ball threat. Like he's he's a threatening quarterback. Like he's very much 
He's solid. I, I see the Atlanta Falcons having a Super Bowl hangover really bad, and I think they're going to learn something that most teams hope to never learn. Like the Panthers' Super Bowl hangover this season? Lord like have that. mercy. Like, But they're going to learn something that, the, that I think teams hope to never learn, which is you don't have to win the Super Bowl to get a Super Bowl hangover. You know who never learned something? Natural ice. You have to ride momentum. Maddie Ice, that was the headline going up to the Super Bowl. I was shocked as hell tonight that I didn't see a Natty Ice commercial. Mm. I don't care how much money you guys have in your marketing budget, you should have done a Natty Ice commercial. Only if, yeah. Well, <laughs> only if the Super Bowl guy, only if Matt was it in doesn't, the But you know what, in my opinion, it doesn't even matter. Mm. He had so much buzz behind this whole Natty Ice thing. Natty Ice should have done a commercial. I was shocked that they didn't ride that momentum because nobody knows why they call him Matty Ice. Mm-hmm. It's just an assumption that it goes back to college and something with beer. You should have ran a commercial. Isn't it because he's a chill dude? No, no, they, they never, they, the they never, pin, they never pinpointed it. Didn't the fans start calling him that because yeah, he never was really emotive or anything like that. And that's and what I thought was that he was just he was a cold as ice person, like he was a cold person. Or like a not an, not an incredibly expressive person. What I read, they hadn't really pinpointed it. They said okay. it went back to college. My whole thing is business wise, natural ice. You drop the ball. You'll never you'll never have that kind of like brand integration again. Uh, so, what were your favorite commercials for the night? Oh man, <laughs> uh, Mr. Clean did his thing. That was Mr. Clean did his thing. I mean, there was. There were so many commercials. The one thing I noticed tonight, I think every company made a point to unite the nation, um, which I thought was beautiful. Uh, I I believe in creating a call to action with your marketing. Um, I thought Audi did a hell of a job Mm -hmm. because they just said what they meant. We hire women. We hire women. We're going to pay them what what they deserve to be paid. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was beautiful. I will be buying an Audi next. Um, I was planning on doing that anyways. Uh But tonight I just reaffirmed it. Um, some other ones, Bush Beer. Bush Beer, I don't even like Bush Beer, okay? But now I'm going to be thinking about this Bush. <laughs> like, that commercial was genius. Um, some other ones I thought were great. Okay, so I didn't understand the Tide commercial with Terry Bradshaw. And um, Stain. Did you see both of them? See, I think I missed there a was piece. Because I was on Twitter, you... I'm like, why is everybody so impressed about this commercial? Well, because there was one there was one earlier in the game where um, Terry Bradshaw was at the halftime game, was at like probably the halftime or some type of analysis on the field at the football, or at the football, at the Super Bowl, and he grabbed the sandwich and he got a stain on his white shirt, and then he wound up getting on a cart and driving out of the stadium in... Yeah. In just shame, and then he eventually winds up on this really long winding road all the way through Houston, and he winds up at Jeffrey Tambor's house. Yeah. And then Jeffrey Tambor says, You got a little something on your shirt, and then he cleans his shirt. And wouldn't and they even watch, let him watch the game. Yeah, wouldn't let him watch the game. They were watching a nature thing. And then he gets back on his cart and drives to the Super Bowl. That was one commercial. It was really funny. It was really funny. And then the second one was It Happens Again to his co host. And then he turns to the he turns into the camera and it's Jeffrey Tambor. It's a callback. Oh, see, it's a I think I that, missed that. But part. I was also in a room full of people who didn't see the first commercial. Okay, that's yeah, the problem I didn't with your commercial. Be, although, if you were ever going to rely on people seeing your first commercial, tonight would be the night. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I missed the second commercial, so I was just like, "Oh, okay, Stain got it off." Um, Jeffrey. that was the first time I had seen the Pirates of the Caribbean trailer. Yeah, that was pretty excited intense. about that. Yeah, I think if you're a Pirates of the Caribbean fan, that was big for you. I just was like, okay, great. No, I, I, I'm used to it. I'm, I'm well aware. 
You know, it was interesting to me. Lots of the um, the amount of spend for Legion coming up yes. and um, Logan. I feel like the X Men movies are really kind of symbolic on what is happening now as far as our political climate. If you think about it, so um, meaning they're not good. I. <laughs> I've been burned on. <laughs> I've been burned on too many Wolverine movies to be. I'm just to, talking to about the risked. mutant factor and the whole against. I you know that the, the mutants were always an allegory for. Yeah. What um, did you guys think about Cam Newton and the Buick commercial? That commercial was so cute. Was I thought cute. it was cute. It was know. genius because this has been Buick's issue for many, many, many years. Buick always tries to do an athlete endorsement, but Loki, nobody's driving Buicks. Okay, no athletes are driving Buicks. They're not making a choice to drive. That's one. Remember, they're owning Buick dealerships. They might own a Buick dealership, but okay, Tiger Woods was not driving a Buick when his windshield got bashed in by his wife. Right? Shaq doesn't drive a Buick. What they did tonight with Cam Newton was really smart. They placed him in an endorsement, and all he did was acknowledge that that car looked really good for being a Buick. He's not saying I would drive it. He just said it looked really good for being mm-hmm. a Buick. That I like that he was knocking little kids over. I thought that which was, was funny. Which was cute. <laughs> but it didn't tie him to the brand like no. he has to drive that car Simil- to validate it. Similarly, I thought that was smart as hell. Similarly, LeBron James on the Sprite commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Sprite commercial was like, I'm not going to tell you to drink Sprite. I'm not going to... And then just kept going along the lines. I thought he was going to do... I thought it was some next level thing where he's so anti-sugar because I mean let's be real, LeBron James isn't drinking Sprite, no, isn't drinking Sprite like that and looking like that. Like no, it's too much sugar in Sprite. And then aspartame messes you up worse. How and so I thought it would be it's this really funny, almost anti-consumer thing. But because he's LeBron James, it's like I ain't even got to tell you. I just got to show up. You know why I'm here. But <laughs> then, super funny. But then, the, but even then, the tagline being no, I'm going to ask you to drink Sprite because I'm LeBron James. I didn't get the Skittles commercial. I didn't know who was throwing have, the Skittles I've never in gotten, mouth. I thought maybe it was going to be Marshawn Lynch show up. I, I've I never gotten confused. a Skittles commercial ever. So, so you're you're in good you're in good I company. Was, I was confused. I mean, it was like, oh, that's cute, but yeah, I didn't think it was cute. I just thought it was weird. I'm like, why why are we having this rotating Skittles toss? And then the 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 robber and the police in the house, like. Um, did you guys see the final yeah, two people that received I skittles? Did. It was the it was a burglar yeah, yeah. And, a, and a police I was officer. Like, who's pulling them through the? Wi- I don't know. I thought I missed something. It's, those skittle. I think those skittles commercials are intended to be a little surreal. Hey, shout out to Ten here. First of all, I that see, was good. I see their product all the time, and I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna buy it. I might give them a whirl because they basically clown Donald Trump. Without clowning Donald Trump. They clown hair in the next four years. They said, in the next four years, we've got to deal with hair, okay? So, <laughs> use 10 hair. That was smart as hell. That was funny. I, I know nothing about them until right now, and I am going to look into 10 hair. C- CVS has it. Okay. CVS. Um, another one that I thought was uh, funny. Um, actually, okay, here's my question. Did you think that Google used their money the right way? Because the first commercial after the first time out of the Super Bowl is the most expensive. Mm-hmm. And it was Google's, whatever that little box For is. For the Google... Um, we've seen... The Google Assistant? Yeah, oh. we've seen... Number one, we've seen that everywhere. Like The Google Echo? They just have so much money, they just are just blowing it. So Darren Rovell, ESPN's favorite stat guy, tweeted something about they will have to sell... 76,000 some odd stat in order to make up for like the 10 million dollars that they had to probably And they're going to make they're going to make that. They're Google. So if you think about it that's really not that many in the grand scheme of things so it's probably worth it. Yeah, I was just I was just surprised it wasn't more creative. Speaking of someone who worked at a Best Buy when the Chromecast dropped, everyone's going to come and get it. Whenever Google whenever Google by themselves actually makes a product which isn't very often, 
everyone, all I'm saying is if you can get your hands on one while it first drops, put it on eBay. It'll be triple the money. Oops, there you go. Shout out to Honda. Oh, oh the yearbook. commercial was funny. The yearbook. Yeah. With, um, oh, God, that was so good. That really, it yeah. freaked me out low key. When they went to Missy Elliott's high school photo, that <laughs> freaked Elliott, me out. Missy Elliott, Viola Davis. Who else did they have in that? Um, Steve Jimmy Carell. Kimmel. Yeah, Steve yeah. Carell. They had, um, they had Jimmy. Yeah. Was it Jimmy Kimmel? Or yeah, was it no, Jimmy? It was, no, it was Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. They, that commercial was very good. Yeah. That commercial looked expensive. Knowing how, what animation costs, that commercial right. looked expensive. So it's um, like really and it's not like they're struggling. Yeah. You know, they're selling CRVs right and left. Are they? I, w- I would say the CRV is a pretty hot selling mm-hmm. car. My whole thing is maybe position a different vehicle with that commercial that aligns more with people who are like trying to strive to do something. Because the whole message was Civics. never give up. But a CRV is not a cheap vehicle. So would, like, why not the Civic? I don't know. That was. Just I would me. argue. Uh, I would argue someone packaged that commercial and like had a proof of concept of that commercial, and then whoever paid the most to have that commercial got that commercial. But I do agree that it wasn't smart. It just didn't align with that the car. It, yeah, it didn't but align it was with a great the car. Commercial. Yeah, that they had cars in their line that could have more, more or less aligned with Justin that Bieber and T-Mobile. That was a Ick. waste of damn money. Ick. Well, T-Mobile um, was a waste of money. <laughs> and then was it was it T-Mobile or Verizon that had the Fifty Shades of Grey? That uh, was spoof? Verizon. Okay, yeah. yeah. About <laughs> Kristen Shaw, that was wonderful. Um, I think we covered everything, including the commercials. So. Yeah, like this is this is what I realized. Um, with these commercials this year, enough of y'all are not getting laid. <laughs> enough of y'all, you, you guys are not getting laid. Like, there is just, there are some sexually frustrated people out there. I think they're just trying to push the envelope. I think that was always. Yeah. I think that was always, that's always the case. You got a lot of women out here hot and bothered off of Mr. Clean's behind. You think? Really? I'm still thinking about his behind. A lot of frustrations going down because people's teams lost. Take it out with you, man. <laughs> this is <laughs> this. Well, I will. I will drop this stat. This is the um, highest uh, occurrence of domestic violence high, day of, of domestic violence in the nation. So I just encourage you guys to it redirect is. your energies and your anger and and be positive and find an alternative way to express your anger. I get it. You lost. Get over it. <laughs> Well, on that note. <laughs> on that note, um, if anyone would like to find us on Twitter. Um, I'm Jill Monroe. You can check me out everywhere on social media at Stiletto Jill and JacksonStilettoJill.com for your sports and pop culture gossip. And what's up, everybody? Just like Tom Brady, I might be late, but I'm going to get that W. You can find me on social media <laughs> when sports and pop culture collide at So McCall Hall. And you guys can find me on Twitter almost exclusively. I am at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F. M-A-N-N, I cover a lot of shows here at AfterBuzz TV, including tomorrow I'm doing a doubleheader of both Gotham and Men in the High Castle, both of the finales of one regard or another, and Elimination, Change, Elimination Chamber seven days from now, WWE, and then I will also be at WrestleMania. Thank you all so much for joining us, and see you next season. Whoop. I didn't Executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 